If we can go to Matthew, go to Matthew, Matthew chapter 26. Matthew 26. Thank you. And we've been talking about Jesus and the seven things that he said before he died. And in Matthew, Jesus was on the, was on the cross. Matthew 27, I'm sorry, 27. Verse 46. Matthew 27, verse 46. Jesus was on the cross. And I know all of us have grown up and we see Jesus on the cross. All of us growing up, you've been to a church with Jesus on the cross. When that's all we see. We see him laying on the cross and with his arms spread, his, 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 uh, his feet nailed, with the crown of thorns upon him. But there's a reason why all of that happened. There's a reason why he is there. There's a reason why he's present. There's a reason what, what he is doing. Jesus came to save us. Jesus came to bless us. Jesus came to make a way for us in our life that we can become something and do something and be special because you are special. I believe, you know, when your mom and your dad, you know, saw when you were born, they're like, man, that boy is special. That little girl is special. I don't think any, any, any child that was born to a mom didn't say, wow, he's special. She's not special. You know, she's, he's not special. No, you think every ch your child is the most greatest child since ever since children were born yes or no right right you don't you know the the, the child that's come out of the womb like oh man he, she ain't gonna be nothing in life you know he gonna be nothing he ain't gonna do nothing no you know you think your child's gonna be everything but most importantly they're gonna be better than you right better than you better than how you grew up, better than what you've done, better than your career, right? Amen, come on, better. So for God, same thing, same thing. It's gotta be better. Gotta be better. With God, when he made Jesus and Jesus came to this earth, his son was sent here. It wasn't just a person. It wasn't just, just this, this random dude who was walking across the street. Hey, do you want to die for somebody? Yeah, sure. You know, I was doing nothing yesterday. No. It was a plan. God says, I'm doing something. And I'm doing something with my very special son, the son that I love, the son that I'm indebted to, the son that's a reflection of me. I'm doing something and I'm sending my son. I can't imagine God in heaven making that decision angels around, all these saints and people around, and he sees, he looks down on earth, and people are struggling, people are going through things, people are just killing themselves, people are sinning after sinning after sinning and doing things that he has never thought could be done, but they're doing it. And he's looking at them like, what, what can I do? How can I remedy the situation? How can I make sure that they don't go through the same thing again? 
How can I make sure that they know that I love them, that I'm there for them, that I cherish them, that I'm, that I'm one with them? What can I do? And he's pacing back and forth in heaven. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And then all of a sudden, his little boy walks through the door. Years ago, how they used to recompense from their sins, be forgiven from their sins, as they used to take a little pure animal, pure baby animal, and used to sacrifice them, bring them to the altar, and kill them, kill that little, little, little animal. So Jesus walks through the door, and God has tried everything. He sent person after person. He sent prophet after prophet. He sent Elijah, Elisha, uh, 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 Gideon, Abraham. He sent every Hezekiah. He sent even crazy people. Jehoshaphat, king of Persia. The spirit of God has leapt up in him. Let me tell you, the king of Persia, he didn't know who God was. He didn't serve the Lord God Almighty. The one day he was walking, he was doing whatever might have you, and then all of a sudden, God, the Bible says that God stirred up the spirit of him. Stirred him up, saying you're gonna do as I'm telling you to do. You're gonna worship me. You're gonna lead my people. You're gonna show them away. So all of a sudden, you know, he, he, he sends all these people and there's no answer. Nobody gives him an answer. No one seems to save his children the way he wants them to be saved. Nobody. And then all of a sudden, he's quiet. Hey, can we turn down the piano a little bit? All of a sudden, he's quiet. The last book in the in Old Testament is what? Anyone know? Malachi. The first book in the New Testament is what? Matthew. What is the number of years between Malachi and Matthew? 400 years. 400 years. 400 years that God was what? Silent. He was quiet. He didn't say anything to nobody. There wasn't a prophet that prophesied anything. It was silence. Then all of a sudden, what happens when God talks? Does anyone know the next time that God talked? We can read it, but anyone know? Didn't anyone know what God, the first thing that God said? This is my son. This is my son. He didn't say anything else. He didn't say, I sent you the solution. He didn't say, I sent you the remedy. The, what he said is that he says, this is my son. This is my elect. This is my chosen one. This is the lamb that was slint, sent to slaughter. This was the sacrifice of, um, among all sacrifices. This is my son, my son. You know, there's a story in the, in the New Testament that 
a merchant, not a merchant, an owner. He owned land. He owned buildings. We'll put it in today's context. He owned buildings. And he went away for some time. And he left his buildings for, for a few people. But, you know, he, these people that were in these buildings had to pay. So all of a sudden, the guy sends a few people. Go, you know, go and, go and get my payment. Get, you know, what, what they owe me. Get my rent, basically. So all of a sudden, the people that he sent to the buildings to get the rent, rightfully so to get the rent, the people that were in these buildings says, hold on. We ain't paying rent in some time. Why is this guy coming around right now? What is he doing right now? This, uh, we're here. So you know what? Let's, let me, let's, let's, let's kill the people that come. So all of a sudden they come and they kill the, the people that come. This guy who owns the buildings, who rightfully so, has the right to collect payment, sends some other people there. They do the same thing. Sends some other people there. They do the same thing. And then all of a sudden, he has, he's fed up. So he sends his very best, which is his son there. They didn't listen to his son. They didn't adhere to his son. They killed his son when God sent Jesus here, Jesus knew, rightfully so, what he was coming to do. I'm coming to free my children. I'm coming to take away the sins of the world, the pain, the anguish, the anxiety, the fear, the rejection, the abandonment. I am coming to take away everything for my children. But it wasn't gonna be easy. It wasn't going to be a walk in the park. Do you think what Jesus went through was a walk in the park? Yes, yes. Who says yes? Raise your hand if you say yes. It's okay. So I'm not going to call you out. I might, but I'm not. <laughs> so it wasn't a walk in the park. He didn't, Jesus didn't just, you know, come and say, listen, I'm going to go, I'm going to hang myself on the cross. I'm going to put a thorn, a crown of thorns on my head. I'm going to beat myself to a, oh, a pulp so you can't even recognize me. And then I'm going to save you. No, it had to happen in a way where people saw it, where people, there was pain, where people were crying, where people were going through crazy things. But it was all for a reason. It was all for a purpose. And it was all for a plan. Let's go. Here we go. Matthew 27, verse 46. In about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God's been with him this whole time. God's been talking to him this whole time. But the moment that he's on the cross, he's forsaken. The moment that he's on the cross, the father has turned his, his, his eyes, his face away from him. Why? Why did, did this happen? Did the father not love the son anymore? Did the father say, you know what? It's done over, it's done, I'm going? 
No. Because when Jesus was on the cross, he took on what? Anyone know? The sins of the world upon him. The sins of the world upon him. He was bloodied to a pulp. Listen, let me, let's talk about this for a second. And it might seem crazy, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Rome, Romans, they used to, you know, have these Spartan matches, you know, in the Colosseum. Were these like little walk in the park matches? Anyone? Were they like, you know, hey, you know, let's fill over there. Hey, Phil, you know, how you doing? You know, and they were just screaming at each other and just maybe just tossing the ball to each other. You know, were they just tossing the ball to each other? If this ball was filled with spikes and chains, yes, they were tossing the ball to each other. Listen, what they were, their sport was blood. Their sport, they used to bash people's heads in. They used to see what man would, would be the last one standing. Meaning, if you're the last one standing, means that you're the last one alive. You're not the last one just, just hanging out. You're the last one that has breath in his lungs. It was sport to them. What they used to do and how they used to carry up, up, about things, it wasn't a, a pretty sight. It wasn't a walk in the park. So what do you think they did to Jesus? Do you think they just, you know, put a crown of thorns on his head, whipped him a few times with this a leather belt with, you know, many of us have gotten whipped by? I don't think so. He, I don't think so. He was bloody to a pulp. Ripped. Bitten. Gashes. Blood everywhere. The Bible says you couldn't even recognize him. Then all of a sudden he, 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 he hangs on the cross. Hangs on the cross because he's taken on the sins of the world for us. And he says, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me, God? God turns away. He can't look at him anymore. He can't look at his son, his little son that he sent to the slaughter. He can't look at him anymore. But Jesus didn't do this for no reason. He did it for each and every one of us. He did it so we don't, don't have to go through the same things, that we do not have to go through the same pain, that we don't have to feel abandoned or rejected, that we don't have to have anxiety or pain or, or things that are happening in our heart, that we don't go through what he went through because he already did it. He already did it. He already did it. He already did it. For us, ladies and gentlemen, what we go through, what's happening in us in our lives, God has already given us something. He's given us a blessing. Now here we go. Abraham. Abraham and Sarah. Anyone, anyone, know, anyone know Abraham and, and, and Abe and, and Sarah? Abe and Sarai? Anyone? How old, was, how old was Abraham when God gave him his perfect promise? Anyone know? 99. 
99. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to have no child at 99 years old. It, it, raise your hand if you want to have a child. John, you want to have a child at 99 years old? Twins. He wants twins. John says he wants to do with Shamir. <laughs> twins. No, it's not. Not at all. Not at all. But your boy Abraham says, you know what? Let's go. We're going to have a child. But before the child, he had a mistake. Anyone have ever, I'm not talk, talking about children, okay? Anyone ever make a mistake? <laughs> you know? <laughs> we might all be mistakes up in here, okay? Everybody. You know, but, but, you know, did you ever, you know, make an error, a boo-boo, a mess up, and it not turn out well for you? This was Abraham. He messed up. God says, I'm going to give you your perfect will. I'm going to give you what you always wanted. I'm going to give you a child, Abraham. I'm going to give you a child. I'm going to do it. So Abraham thought, yeah, yeah, okay, amen, amen God, no, no problem. You're going to do it. Some time passes by. The child does not come. Does not occur. So Abraham and Sarah had a great, great thought. You know, there's, a, there's my maid. Maybe that's the way we're supposed to have a child. Okay. So Abraham goes and, and, and is with the maid and they have a child. And what, what was the child's name? Ishmael. Ishmael. That sounds like a mistake. Just sounds like a mistake. If you name Ishmael, I apologize. You know, but it just sounds like a mistake. You know, so he has Ishmael. And then God is in heaven. Like, what? Why would you think that? Why would you think that you have to do this in order to get a blessing? Why do you think you have to depend upon yourself, upon your own person, and say, I can, I am going to do this? Why do you think that? And all of a sudden, God says, no, no, you're wrong. That's not my promise. That's not what I wanted to do with you or your life, you and your life. Your promise was supposed to come from this lady right here, Sarah. But God, we've tried for so many years. God, we tried this, we tried that, we tried this, we tried that. Well, you know what? Hang on to the promise. I'm there. Just trust in me through it all. So all of a sudden, God says, listen, banish him out. The child's going to come from Sarah. But check this, ladies and gentlemen. Ishmael. And the promised child, what was his name? Isaac. Between them both were a few years. A few years between them. God, you're going to give me my promise. God, you're going to bless me. This is, you did it wrong, Abraham. That's not the promise. Send him away. Okay, so give me my promise, God. Give me the promise that I want. But the promise doesn't happen right away. It doesn't happen right away. God says, trust me, trust me, believe in me. He waited, God waited to give Abraham the blessing. When Sarah was a little more, much more advanced in age, when Abraham, when he wasn't walking around like Abraham of 38, Abraham was now 99 years old walking around. He might have been, might have been spry, but he wasn't as spry as he was when he was 40 years old, 20 years old. He wasn't, God waited. But the promise, it was there. The promise, it was there. 
Circumstance is what we are moved by. What we see with our own two eyes is what leads our way. What we don't see needs to provoke us even more. Provoke us to allow faith to lead and guide our way until we get the miracle. The miracle is not going to occur without having faith. Your miracle isn't going to occur without having faith. Your miracle isn't going to occur without you understanding what God is there to do in your life. The miracle is not gonna happen without you understanding how and what he wants to do with you and with your life. It's not gonna happen. There's a miracle that's there and that is ready. But God is waiting for one person. And that person, that one person he's waiting for is you. Is you. Are you gonna have faith? Do you have faith? Do you believe? Do you trust? Do you know who I am? He waited to, to, to Abraham was advancing years that Sarah was a little bit more fragile to give her them the blessing. But did the blessing happen? Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Absolutely, the blessing happened. It wasn't in their time, it was in God's time. And he was waiting. He was waiting. He was waiting. God waited to give his son to the world. He waited till everybody was prepared to receive the blessing, prepared not to reject the blessing, prepared to receive the sacrifice that was going to happen. He waited. He didn't give it to them right away. He, there were lambs, there were bulls, there was livestock everywhere. But all of a sudden he knew the only way to remedy this problem was to give them my son. Give them my son, but I'm not doing it right away. I'm not gonna do it right away. I wanna see where they're at. I wanna see what they're gonna do. I wanna see if they're gonna trust and know who I am. I wanna see if, when I finally do come to them that they're finally gonna understand and get it. Listen, sometimes God, God has to remain silent in your life in order for you to finally get the blessing. He has to, because why? Because why? Because sometimes if you jump a little ahead of, the, of what God wants to give you, what's gonna happen? The milk spills all over the floor, you get into an accident and you got it no more. God's like, I need, I'm waiting to give you the blessing. I'm waiting to give you the miracle. Understand me. Understand where it's coming from. Understand what I'm doing for you. Understand why there's a cross. Understand why there was blood that, was, that had to be draw out, drawn out from, an, an, uh, from Jesus. Understand why he died. Understand his nails in his hands. Understand the cross that he had to bear going on to Calvary. Understand what he's gone through in order for us to get a miracle for us to realize who we are, realize what we can do, realize the power we possess, realize that we are God's people. There's an understanding that needs to happen. There's an understanding that needs to happen. And there's the cross. But all of us, all of our lives, we pass by this cross. 
We've seen in churches and on, on lawns everywhere and going in Catholic churches with, with weddings and funerals and we bear no mind to what the cross really represents. It represents power over death. Power over the enemy. Power over thoughts. Power over pain. Power over depression. Power over feeling abandoned. Power over feeling rejected. Power over feeling anything that you can ever go through. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power. There's power. There's power. Stop playing for a second. There's power. And there's power that each and every one of you has. And it's available to you. It's available to you. But it's a power that's available only if you understand where it has come from. That it didn't come from just no place and nowhere. There's a power that came from somewhere. He died, but he was brought back in power. You might have died. You might have gone through some crazy situations, but God is not bringing you back the same person, the same man, the same woman who's gone through that mess. He's bringing you back with power, anointing. Power is what you have. Power is what you have at your disposal because Jesus died, but he resurrected and changed everything. Your life has been changed radically. You may not see, you may not understand, you might not know it, but it's been changed. The storyline is changed. The page is turned. You're not the person before. You might say, Quince, I struggle with, you know, some of the same things. Well, what are you doing? Are you putting your, yourself in the same situations? Well, you know, I struggle because I'm, you know, I, I, you know, I'm going through something and this, that, and the other. Okay, all right, no problem, I get it. I understand. But are you changing something about you? Are you doing something different? Are you allowing the power of God to come inside and do something amazing in your life? Or are you doing the same thing the same way that you've done it before? You know what doing the same thing the same way you've done it before? You know what that means? That means you are crazy. That's what that means. That's the literal de definition of what? Insanity. You cannot be that person because God has changed the storyline in your life. You are different. You need to go about things a different way. You need to start thinking of different, different, different things. You need to pick up the dictionary and let, let me put some more words in my vocabulary. I'm not gonna say um anymore. I'm not gonna say this anymore. I'm not gonna say, um, listen, you might, listen, wives, you might call your husband some, some crazy every day. Go in the dictionary, call him something different. You know, change something. I'm serious, change something. Don't go about it the same way because Christ changed everything not one thing not two things he changed everything there's nothing you can't do 
There's nowhere you can't go. There's no mountain that you can't climb. You could do it all. You could do it all. Don't be held back by what you've gone through in the past. Don't be held back because you feel abandoned. You've been rejected. Don't be held back. Listen, I'm gonna tell you a personal story really quick. When I grew up, I grew up not like everybody else. I'm black on the outside, but I was not black on the inside. I'm telling you, because why? Because of my environment, because how used, people used to treat me. I didn't have money, I didn't have anything. I had nothing, zero, zilch. I didn't dress like everybody else. I didn't have the same sneakers like everyone else. I didn't have the same clothing as everyone else. It was different. So I got made fun of. And who do I get made fun of? I get made fun of my own kind. My own kind. So you know what? I wasn't like them. I didn't want to be around them. I didn't want to date their women. I didn't want to do anything about them. I did not want to be a part of the culture at all. At all. I grew up, my best friend was white, my, my next best friend was Spanish. That's who I grew up. That's how I grew up. God brought me out of that. But of course, I had to, I don't know why I'm telling, why am I telling you the story? There's a reason. You gotta, thank you, John. You gotta change. You gotta change. No matter what's happened in your life, you gotta change. So I grew up just like that. And I, I could not care, could not care. You know, I was made fun of so bad, I just couldn't care. It didn't, didn't, it didn't matter to me. It didn't matter to me. People come up to me and like, get out of here. Not happening. So I just didn't care. I didn't care. But as I grew up, and I realized what the culture, what my nationality has been through, the rejection, the suffering, the, the separation, I realized that is who I am and what I've gone through my entire life. And that I did not, I did not, I was a part of it. I was a part of it. But there was also this person that was a part of it too. And this person says, Quince, you cannot deep, stoop so low where you are eye to eye with them at their level. But you need to rise up so they can see you at a different perspective and see you at a different light and now know who you are. You've been rejected for a reason. It's not being rejected and just and, and put away. No, you're re re being rejected. I'm putting you away so I can lift you up. 
ladies and gentlemen, God, you might think, oh man, I've been this, that my entire life. Yes, absolutely. Because why? Because God allowed it to happen to you and to your life. You've been rejected. He did it for a reason. You felt abandoned and abandonment happened for a reason. You feel depressed. It's okay. Because the cross now bears something in your life. You can now assimilate in my sin. What I've gone through is there. And when it died, it died. It's no longer a part of me anymore. My story is changed. So when Jesus died, he died for everything. What you've gone through, he died for. What's happening in your marriage, he died for it. What's happening at home, he died for it. What's happening at work, he died for it. What's happening in your career, he died for it. He died so you can now be elevated, pushed up. And I don't know about y'all, but there's some pushing up that needs to go on with God's people. People need to arise and realize who they are. People need to stop living beneath, beneath, beneath what? Beneath what? Beneath their calling. Living beneath their calling. They live under here, meanwhile God has said, oh, you're supposed to be here, baby. This is you. God didn't die for no reason. He died so he could lift you up in every situation. And everything you go through, he loves you. He's there for you. He's there for you. We've been studying Jesus on the cross up until Easter. Because there's a reason. The cross happened for a reason. What you've seen to think about and put yourself into if it's a situation, if it's a circumstance. What you put yourself into, he died for that. You no longer have to be that way. You no longer have to struggle in life. You no longer have to think that you are just this and that is it. You no longer have to think this is the, the, the hand I've been dealt with. It's just who I am. Anyone ever said that's just who I am? That's a lie from the pit of hell. You are more than what that is. Someone might have said that's what you were. Yeah, amen, no doubt. I rebuked the hell out of you. You are not that. You are handsome. You are beautiful. You are intellectual. You are inventors. You are innovators. You are trendsetters. My God, you're everything that God wants you to be. There's no soft bones in you. He died for you. He died so you can have life. He died so you can be blessed. He died for you, so you know who you are. You are a child of God. That's who you are. 
you're a child of God. Amen. Amen. Give God a nice round of applause. right now what God wants to do, do for you starts right now not tomorrow but right now make the decision to allow it to start right now in you you might have come to church today just fulfilling some type of obligation it's okay because God wanted you here Know who you are. Know whose you are. You're a child of God. And he loves you. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up. Does anyone remember Herman's? Yes. Sports store. Anyone remember Herman's? No? Anyone remember Radio Shack? I remember Radio Shack. Anyone remember Pergament? Anyone remember Pergament? All right, all right. <laughs> Anyone remember Kodak? <laughs> Anyone remember Kodak? <laughs> I know, I know, listen, I'm, I might be dating myself, whatever might have you. Anyone remember VHS tapes? VHS tapes. Anyone have VHS tapes at home laying around? <laughs> what's that? <laughs> I know what's that, right? What's that? Listen, these Radio Shack, Pergament, well, maybe not Pergament, maybe whatever, but Radio Shack, Kodak, these are businesses that didn't keep up with the times. These are the businesses that allowed te technology, the advancement of this world, to take them out of business. They couldn't keep up because they weren't, they couldn't, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Adjust, adapt fast enough. They couldn't, so they became out of business. They ran out of business. They became bankrupt. And these once thriving, amazing, huge companies were no more. Why do I say that? God is doing something in your life. He wants you on board. But if you're not on board, I'm not saying you're gonna get passed by, but there's gonna be people that pass by you. And you're gonna be wondering why you didn't 
get it. Why you didn't move. Why you were so stuck upon your ways. Why you were so stuck upon what you were going through. Why you were so stuck in your situations. Why you were so stuck going through this or that and letting just things just happen. Meanwhile, God is saying you need to move forward and despite what you're going through, despite everything that's happening with you in your life, you need to move forward. This is God. He does not want us to be the Radio Shacks. He does not want us to be the Hermits. He does not want us to be the Kodaks. He does not want us to be the people who not just go out of business, but stop living, but stop adjusting, stop realizing who they are and why they were born. These companies were born for a reason. They were born to become giants among men. Meanwhile, they're now afterthoughts. Don't allow things in your situations to pass you by. Don't allow the presence of God to pass you by. Don't allow the God doing something in your life and just because you're going through something and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I can't today. I can't do this today because of what you're going through, because of what's happening in your life, because of what seems to be going wrong in your life. You can't do it. Hold on one second. There's a word and you can't let it pass you by. God is going to tell each and every one of you to do something very specific today, today, today. Specific today. It might be for some of you when you walk out of this, this building today. Do it. Do not let it pass you by because of the situation. Do not let it pass you by because you, might, you, know, you know what you're gonna say? You know what everyone's gonna say? That ain't me. That ain't me. That ain't, you know how many times I hear that every single day? That ain't me. How do you know that's not what God wants you to be? How do you know that God wants to change the storyline in your life? How do you know that God wants to change things in your, in your DNA? It ain't me. It, it needs to be you. You need to change. You need to, to turn away, turn a different way. You need to walk a different way. You are not the same anymore where God came into your life, he changed you. So what's gonna happen? God's gonna tell you something. Everyone close your eyes for a minute. Heavenly Father, have your way. For everyone here, let's, let it be this moment right now that they remember from, this, from today, God. This moment right now that's going to set their life, their trajectory going straight up, God. Father God, in your precious name, Lord, if it's forgiveness that they need to do, let them forgive, Father. If it's, Lord God, something that they need to do in their personal life, something that they need to forgive themselves, Lord, or get over themselves, Father, allow them to get over it right now, God. Father, in your name, Father, whatever it is that they're going through, whatever pain that they have, may they let it go, God. If it's resentment that they have in their heart, let the resentment not be now anymore, God. They don't hold it anymore, God. If it's something in their mind telling them, no, Father, no, you can't. No, you can't. May today, God, they believe that they can. Change it, God. Father, have your way, Lord God, have your way. I pray in the name of Jesus. Situations, I bind them. Tribulations, I bind them, Lord. Lord God, things that they go through, I bind them. Anxiety, I bind in the name of Jesus, Lord. Depression, I bind and cast in the pit of hell where it belongs, God. Anything that's not of you, Lord, let it not be on your people anymore right now, God. You've changed their life, Father. Change them, God. No more. 
No more sadness. No more hurt. No more feeling abandoned. No more feeling rejected. No more feeling like you're not good enough. Hear the voice of God speaking to you right now. He's speaking to you right now. He's speaking to those dead situations in your life right now. Life is coming. Life is happening. The Spirit of God is moving. God, have your way right now, God. Right now, God. message that is going to bless your life and the lives of those around you. Please follow us on all social media platforms at The Rock Church LI. God bless you and have a great day.